Agendas are falling like leaves on the trees. Next on Principles and Policies. Welcome to today's edition of Principles and Policies. I'm your host, Barry Sheets, the Executive Director of the Institute for Principal Policy. And along with me today is our co-host, the Vice Chairman of the Institute, my fellow analyst and very good friend, Chuck Michaels. Hey, it's good to be back with you. I want to clean up some uh, administrative details. You may have noticed last week we were uh, we played a rerun, but I played one that's poignant. Usually when I play those, I pick special ones out. And that one, you know, I don't pick them at random and say run this one. It, it was it was that was actually from December of 2016 when uh, B- Barry and I were uh, sort of. Uh, you should go back and listen to that. And uh, uh, December, I think 17th or 16th, somewhere in that vicinity of 2016, uh, huh? you can see what we were thinking about then because the topic of the show was uh, constitutional conventions which has reared, reared its ugly head once again. Yes, it is. Uh, the Electoral College, which uh, is a related topic uh, for many reasons, and uh, other other things we were thinking about just before Trump took office. So uh, go back and listen to that. Now, this show is for uh, October the 23rd, and we're recording it on October 19th, 2021. That's right. So there. <laughs> Just for everybody's information. That's um, right. You know, I think it's very interesting, Chuck, that you mentioned the pulling up that old show that was back December 2016. Something had just happened in this country, uh, not totally unprecedented, but pretty close, and that was we elected a gentleman for president who had really no significant body of political experience, i.e., they, they weren't a U.S. senator, they weren't a governor etc. They were businessmen. You know, that person was Donald Trump, obviously. Um, But I think it's kind of interesting because I was thinking about this too, Chuck. I think that was the last time we spoke significantly on an effort toward a calling a what they call an Article 5 convention or a con-con because that was the last time a bill was brought up in the state of yeah, Ohio. Yeah, it went to sleep for for a couple of terms. Who was president in December of 2016 still? Yeah, well, it was Barack Obama. And who's president now in October of 2021? Joe Biden. And do the two of them share a commonality? <laughs> I would say so. They're both Democrats, They're right? both Democrats. They're both... Uh, Wrecking uh, the economy and ignoring the Constitution. Screaming liberals. Screaming liberals. Ignoring the Constitution. So the last time we had in Ohio our state legislature get their dander up about trying to, you know, be defenders of the Constitution was all the way back in 2016 during the Obama administration. During the Trump administration, that four years where we had unprecedented economic growth, unprecedented uh, domestic development, uh, low, low unemployment, and lots of job starts. Low inflation. Low inflation. We didn't hear anybody, the Republicans or the Democrats, either one, right? Uh, uh, say we got to have a call for a constitutional convention. But all of a sudden, now Joe Biden becomes the resident in charge, and people know why I say that. And I'm not even sure he's in charge. Uh, let me just clarify that. Yeah, too. I'll, I'll go for that. Yeah, you'll go for that. I'm sure you would. But here we are again, and we're now it's October of 2021. Biden's been in office for a grand total of nine and a half months. He, he won't reach 10 months until this. Well, the program will air before, the 20th. before he yeah. hits his 10-month mark. So 
all of a sudden, I mean, of course, we've seen what some of the early indications are of the Biden residency continuing on for another three years and two months. And it's kind of chaotic because, you know, right now we have uh, inflation going up, gas prices higher than they've been since Obama, surprisingly enough. Um, the value the value of your dollar versus goods, which is part, tied to the inflation rate, is lower than it's been in, in decades. We now have, and of course, the easy way to, the easy way to say this is, oh, it's all COVID's fault. We now have shortages of basic goods and services that are coming across the country in America. Uh, have you been to the grocery store lately? Oh gosh, yes. My wife and I went uh, grocery shopping together, which we don't do very often. But um, I was frankly stunned at how much groceries cost. Well, see, you were looking at it the right way because most people are going to the grocery store and they're like, well, they're out of this and they're out of that and this shelf's empty. Oh, yeah, all and the shelves like, were empty. Well, yeah. the shelves, yeah, okay. But, okay, and, and part of that is a supply chain problem. Uh, you know, this massive supply chain issue that was exacerbated by all of these state governors shutting down their economies last year for extended numbers of weeks and months. Um, some of them still trying to do stupid things, <clears throat> Mike DeWine, uh, and also trying to, you know, now that we have a crisis, government's going to come in and fix it for us. Joe. Right. The government that created the crisis, the crisis will is now going to exacerbate it. the crisis yeah. uh, by saying they're going to fix it. But, you know, here's the situation is one of the things that I think people hear about, but they don't really get yet. Most of these shortages are not caused by COVID wiping out, you know, entire groups of, of workers who can't come to work anymore or who are too sick to work. And it's not and it's not a situation of businesses that, well, we don't necessarily have employees because we can't find enough people trained to do it. Here's what a bigger part of the problem is. The two biggest shipping ports in to the to bring goods and services into the US are both located in a state on the West Coast called California. There's the Port of San Diego and the Port of Los Angeles. So you've got a couple of places where yeah. these, um, when we get lots of things that we get from overseas, whether that's the, what you call, we you could call it CCJ, the cheap Chinese junk that you see in, <laughs> that you see in the discount stores and in Walmart and other places, or it's products from India or products from Pakistan or products from pretty much the entire Pacific Rim. Singapore, Singapore Philippines. Hong Kong, you know, you name it. The places that we get stuff, uh, because we don't import too many things from Africa. We don't really import too many things from Europe, per se. So, therefore, that Atlantic travel, yes, you do have ships that are coming in on the Atlantic side, and they're going to Virginia Beach and others all the way down the coast, different right. ports there. You're not hearing the supply chain problems happening on the East Coast. The supply chain problems are on the West Coast. Now, Chuck, we've heard and seen about container ships that are stacked up out in the Pacific that have been waiting for two months to get into a port in California, whether it's L.A. or San Diego. What we're starting to hear is that the companies have decided they're going to start diverting the ships through the Panama Canal. To the East Coast ports. To Houston. Oh, to Houston. In the Gulf. They're okay. going to go to the Gulf. They're going to go to Houston because... Well, think about it. Yeah. Texas is a state that hasn't, by state laws or state executive fiat, shut down their entire economy. 
Whereas in California, you got uh, Newsom out there who basically has done, and, and the California legislature, who have done everything they possibly can to turn it into a communist paradise out there. The big thing, and I found this out last week, the reason why we're having so much trouble getting stuff out and into the rest of the country in the breadbasket isn't a shortage of drivers of semi-trucks. It isn't a shortage of semi-trucks. It's not a shortage of diesel fuel. It's not a shortage of dock workers. It's not a shortage of uh, you know shipping company people who can help direct where things go. It's fully a function of the fact that California has set up standards for environmental consciousness that prohibit vehicles, trucks, semis, that are more than 10 years old from being on California highways unless they pay thousands and thousands of dollars in licensing fees and fines for being there. And they've barred owner-operators from operating their, their privately owned vehicles in California. There's another issue, though. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to a secondary issue. Okay. Do you know who owns the company that runs the San Pedro docks, the Long Beach and San Pedro docks, the Los Angeles ports, the LA ports. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's the Chinese communist party. Oh, okay. The well, Ch- there's another problem. The Chai comms own the West coast ports, which is, which is, a- they, don't, they don't own them. They are long-term lessees, which means they they essentially own them. Well, I think by now I, we have a, enough data built up that we might be able to say that that's a national security issue and might You'd be able think, to change wouldn't that. You? You'd think, wouldn't you? Um, we don't think in those terms anymore because... Well, some uh, people still do. I know yeah. the Ted Cruz's, the Marco Rubio's, the Mike Lee's, of the and uh, the Rand Paul's of the Senate have been screaming their heads off about this stuff for a long time, but nobody wants to listen to it because the Chinese Communist Party also does a great job of infiltrating their people into the U.S., getting them visas, and then they start making big donations to certain campaigns. Well, for instance, they have big inroads at the Los Angeles Times. Well, yes. Uh, what's the paper down in San Diego? San Diego Recorder? Is that the uh, Recorder? The Tribune, I think. Uh, whatever. Yeah, so, okay. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a yep. – uh, um, they, they, they own several media uh, outlets or, or have a controlling interest or a – a large stake if it's not controlling and hey uh what what media outlets are in big trouble and need as much money as they can get these days liberal media outlets. Newspaper, newspapers newspaper even even uh um uh not just newspaper magazine um you know those kinds of things the only reason that certain magazines like the new republic and those are still alive is because they've been bought up by uh, billionaires who are willing to take gigantic losses to give outlets to uh, ultra liberals and mm-hmm. to squeeze out any conservative voice yep uh, so it looks like that's the trend okay i kind of took you off your no 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 no, no no you're perfectly fine because all of this is is coming together but see the thing is because You've got people in D.C. who want to blame COVID and all of the problems with that because we have shortage of workers. Well, no. Another problem with that was California is a state who, unlike Ohio, is still accepting the supplemental unemployment uh, money from the federal government. So they're still supplementing people in unemployment to the tune of about $300 per week above your unemployment. Makes it really difficult for companies to be able to get people to work if you have to basically pay them 
more than double what they're getting on unemployment. Because, again, think about it, folks. If you've ever been on unemployment, unemployment usually pays you out weekly one half of what your regular pay was. That's kind of just the way it works, unless there's like special circumstances with like a disability or something. So you add $300 of federal money thrown in on top of that every week to people. Well, that's an extra $600 a week that companies have to come up with to pay people. Well, whether you're a dock worker, a truck driver, or whatever it might be, well, most truck drivers just get paid by the mile uh, or they get paid a flat rate. But, you know, as I saw from a post from a friend of mine, they went to a grocery store, which will remain nameless, but it was one of the big box stores. Starts with a W, ends with a Mart. Uh, <laughs> they went to one of these big box groceries, and shelves were empty. They, went, they needed to get milk. But they looked in the cooler, and they saw behind the empty shelves were racks full of milk. Milk. They'd gotten deliveries. They just didn't have anybody who was wanting to go back into the cooler and put the stuff out. And so they got a hold of the manager and raised bloody stink until they actually put the stuff on the shelves. And so that's more of a function. It isn't a function of the fact they can't get it. It's a function of the function that they can't get people who have the basic drive and desire to do the job that they're getting hired to do. And Chuck, sometimes that's because there are people who want to get laid off. They want to go back and collect unemployment, especially if you can get a subsidy of $300 a week on top of your unemployment. Uh, for a lot of people, okay, let's think, Chuck, average average way, average minimum wage is what, $8.32 or something I like forget that. what it is now. It's eight something. Now, yeah. Let's just say $8 for, for, for laughs. You work a 32-hour week because nobody works a 36 to a 40-hour week anymore. Because companies realize that if they kept you under 36 hours, they you're not full-time, and therefore they don't have to provide benefits. That's another little stinky stick-up that the government has gotten their hands in that's caused some problems. So you get your 32 hours at $8 an hour, that's $256 a week. And then, so you go on uh, unemployment. I almost said welfare. It's kind of what it's becoming. Uh, you go on unemployment, you're drawing $128 plus $300. So you're drawing $428 to do nothing, whereas you were only drawing $256 before taxes right. to but to basically work 32 hours a week. It, What's wrong with that scenario? So, okay, so you're drawing now $428, right? For a company to bring you back, if you assume that they need to pay you double what you got on unemployment, they're now looking at having to pay $856. Wow. So that's $600 more per week than they were supposed That's enough to hire three other people. Do you see where the federal government coming in and subsidizing a lack of incentive hurts? Oh, uh, yeah. And it, it hurts incredibly. Not only that, if you watch TV at all, you'll see ads out there. Tracy Morgan. You know who Tracy Morgan is, uh, the yeah. comedian? Yeah. You know, he's funny. Um, he says silly things. and But he's he is the spokesman for a program called the Rescue America okay. program. The Rescue America program pays uh, $300 a month per child for people to stay home with their children. Remember when this, this part of this came out when kids were, when schools were closed and Parents were staying home with their kids and blah, 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 blah. So if you've got four kids, you can clear 1200 bucks a month for doing nothing. I have a friend whose son is doing this, and I'm like, well, why doesn't he get a job? 
He said because he can make more money right. staying at well, home with the kids. And, 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 and they just announced that starting here this month in October, because we've hit a new fiscal year, federal fiscal year. And remember, we avoided the government shutdown, Chuck, by extending our debt limitation right. and pumping more money into it through December. Well, guess what they're doing? $360 for anybody who has a child who could like do an earned child tax credit, pumping that into, it's going to be a monthly payment right into your checking account. Yeah. Um, do you think that's going to help incentivize people to work or to, to save, or is it just going oh. to be a problematic? Why, why would anybody work or save when it looks like it's all, it's all free money from here as far as the eye can see? And that's exactly what uh, the squad and, and the Democrats in the legislature and, yes, folks, some Republicans want to do. Don't kid yourself that this is the exclusive domain of the Democrats. Well, no, it's, it's, it's not. not. But, of course, the other thing is, here's what happens, Chuck. Oftentimes, Democrats push these spending programs, and they they manage to get them started through, you know, the accident of, you know, being able to count more votes than the Republicans during a presidential election. <clears throat> Fraud. But, yes, <laughs> I. so they push these programs, and once they get these programs started, then when the Republicans take over, what's the one thing that they are completely abhorrent to do? End any of these programs. Because, oh, we had there's a constituency now. And if we continue the programs, or we, for goodness sake, increase the program, then maybe their largesse will come over to us, as, as our party, and they'll start voting for us. Yeah. How, and I've seen this happen time and time again. You know, I've been in politics for over a quarter of a century. I've seen this happen time and time again, where a Democrat administration goes out and a Republican administration comes in, and the last thing they do is, is get rid of their programs yeah. or the personnel they put in place in these agencies. And so what you get is more of the same. And by this about the second year of a term of a governor, not only are they keeping everything in place, they're now increasing funding for those same programs in their budgets that they introduce. Okay, the Republicans under, under Ronald Reagan, I'm sorry to say, and under Bush. Yes. Uh, both uh, attempted to pander oh, yes. to Hispanics by opening the, the wide the border and everybody else and and increasing uh, um, um, relief payments, if you will. Relief relief is a bad term. It's it's giveaway. Sure. Uh, because In, what was going to happen is yeah. what was going to happen once these people became gainfully uh, employed and became regular taxpayers, they were going to switch and vote Republican. Well, that has happened to some extent, but there's more involved than that. For instance, Cubans have a sort of a natural affinity for helping out the Republican Party. Not so much uh, the Central American uh, illegal emigres who come in and are given blanket immunity and then citizenship. Mm -hmm. um, it's a uh, let's increase the, uh, the, the, voter, the voter base for... The Democratic Party. Period. Yeah. I mean, that, these are facts. Yes, it is. Um, and yet, Republicans get suckered every time. Oh, yeah, the Hispanics are going to come over to us. No, they're not. No, no, they're not. Well, and, yeah, you're right. So, they're not. Oh, uh, well, okay. <laughs> you're right. They're let, not. Let me let me just say one thing about that. When people illegals or what come over and, you know, are given their citizenship. Uh -huh. And they do become gainfully employed. And let me tell you, Latins are very hardworking people, despite the uh, the, the stereotype. True. Um, 
very hardworking people, very often they do. They start looking at, hey, I'm, you know, they're not being paid in cash anymore. They're getting a regular paycheck, and they're starting to see what the tax burden is. Yes, indeed. And there's like, hey, hold the phone here. These guys told me that they were going to tax everybody else and give and give me benefits, but I'm not seeing that. That's because if you're the middle class, if you become middle class, which is entirely possible, yeah, all of a sudden what that means is. You're the rich, in the words of the, uh, you know, in the thinking of the Democrats. Because when they say tax the rich, they really mean rob the middle class. That's true. Now, they, what they want to tell you they want to do is go in and confiscate wealth for people uh, above a certain level. The, okay. the, the top 1%. It, okay. You could, we've talked about this before. You could confiscate all the wealth. After which there would be no further investment. By the way, right. you could you could confiscate all the wealth and give it all away, uh, evenly distribute it, and you know what would happen. First of all, again, there wouldn't be any further investment until the people who are rich and know how to make money would figure out a way to whip the system and make more money, and the people who were poor before, except for those who have transported up the the chain, which is the most likely thing that happens. A lot of our poor have have uh, essentially elevated themselves to the middle class, the upper middle class, and in some cases the rich. But the fact is that you could confiscate all of it and it wouldn't pay for Bernie Sanders' latest spending bill. That's right. Because that's the whole point. The, the left wants to spend 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 because they believe it's all other people's money and that there's never going to come a reckoning and if the reckoning ever comes they'll be out of office before it happens and that's what you have so you've got all these factors playing a, a part but the ultimate end is what do you think the progressive left wants to do with all of this supply chain disruption it's oh. get people used to rationing. Partly. And to also be able to control what people can and can't get access to. There's another even more insidious part of this. Okay. That is to bring in the military to fill the gap, to do the work of the workers that aren't allowed to do the work because they're restricted by vaccination. And, of course, the military either is vaccinated or they're no longer in the military. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? You bring in the military to run the docks, the, the, yep. uh, the uh, come in and run the, uh, the supply chain depots and that kind of thing. Folks, that is fascism. Yeah, that would be. That's openly fascism, and that's now, part of and, the plan. And, and we're already seeing some of that take place. If you remember in New York State, or New York City, de Blasio put in that mandate for vaccinations and a lot of hospital workers quit. Yes. 1,400 of them. What did he do? He called in the National Guard to go to the hospitals. And I said, unless it was a medic battalion, a combat medic battalion, exactly. There, there'd be no, what are they going to do? Park cars? Are they going to be the valets? What are they doing? But it's so that you can get a populace ready to accept what basically is coming as fascism. Um, you know, when I hear the president of the state 
Chamber of Commerce talk about if if a, if the government puts any restrictions on their ability to force someone to take a vaccination, then it's an interference with the means of production, which is a Marxist term, by the way. That's that's correct. And again, Marxism is fantastic about spinning spinning the narrative so that what you're doing will paint as being outside the norm, but what we're doing is actually outside the norm, but we're trying to get to, we're trying to get you to normalize it. We had this situation come up. They if I, for folks who've been paying any attention the last couple of weeks, the legislature tried to pull a fast one. They've been working ever since spring on a bill to help keep Ohio from falling into that category of states that are going to consider or allow or mandate or by any, you know, inference approve vaccine mandates or vaccine passports. So House Bill 248 was there and it would basically have said, you can't do any of this stuff. You know, it's, it's not, you can't do it. It's verboten. And the bill was moving and it had, it had six hearings and then all of a sudden, leadership pulls the plug on the bill and says, well, we're going to bring our own bill. And they did. It's called House Bill 435. They brought it by introducing it on a Monday, taking it to committee on a Tuesday, having only the sponsors testify, and then voting it out of committee on Tuesday afternoon to put it on the floor the next day on Wednesday. Well, a little problem ran into when pretty much at least half of the Republican caucus in the House said, we're not going to vote for this. This is ridiculous. This because their bill actually allowed employers to mandate whatever they wanted to mandate, but then said you might be able to to use an exemption if it met all these requirements, and they said nothing about what the what the company could do if they took your exemption, whether or not they could say, well, you will take your exemption, but you're going to have to go work in the basement, or you're going to have to work the most dangerous jobs that we have, and everybody else gets to work the cushy jobs, or we're going to pay out bonuses at the end of the year for Christmas, but you won't get one because, well, you exempted yourself from those things. When you exempted yourself from taking a medical product into your body that you can't get rid of as a condition of employment. So it was garbage, okay? And the big thing that the businesses were looking for was this little provision at the backside of it that said, oh, these temporary immunities from getting sued if somebody catches COVID in your business? Well, we're going to extend those out. We're going to now say employees who get forced to take the shot along with people coming into your business, you can't be sued if they get sick from the shot. And we're extending that immunity till like December of 2025, which is what the businesses wanted. Right. They want to be able to, to mandate to everybody, you know, you have to take some, Chuck, that'd be like you talking to an employee and saying, I need you to drink antifreeze before you can come to work for me. That employee might realize that antifreeze may not be good for their body. But the argument from the pro-business community in Ohio, from the legislators, were, well, we don't have the right to regulate what a company wants to do as far as their terms of employment. And it's not unreasonable for them to tell an employee that because you have a employment with us, which isn't a contract in Ohio, unless you're like a professional where you sign contracts, we're an at-will employment state. An at-will state, employment state, right. Which means you have no protections right. unless you're in a union. And, of course, there were carve-outs for union contracts. Of course there were. There were all exemptions for union contracts in this bill. For the same reason the post office is Exactly, in, is, for the same reason, because of the political support. But 
we're an at-will employment state. Right now, regardless of vaccine mandates or not, if an employer wants to come to you and say, I want you to work standing on your hands for the next eight-hour shift, and I want you to use your toes to fix that widget or whatever, (laughs) if you don't do it, they can fire you. Yes, they can. There are things they can't do, like, for instance, all women have to work topless. Well, yeah, but that's, trust me, that that may change sooner or later, too. The way they're going, they don't want to be able to told anything that they do as far as an employee is wrong. Chuck, when is the last time that one human being got to tell another human being how to live their lives, what to do, what to take, what what they can't do, and got away with it? Sadly, the 20th century is teeming with examples. Uh, and the early 21st century is also teeming with, with examples. examples. But Okay, but my point is... What the business community is arguing for is to turn their employees not from human resources, as right. we like to euphemistically call them, but into chattel servants. S- servants. Chattel slaves. Yes. Okay, folks, we haven't had this kind of mistreatment of human beings not in this, since slavery. Not in this country since 1865. Since the slave trade. Yeah. Okay? You basically, if they can, and and it gets crazier because... It isn't happening yet in Ohio because we've kind of blocked the bill so far. But what happens if we give them that? Well, first of all, it's stupid to hand them off this because basically we're saying by inference in law that it's okay for an employer to mandate you take something into your body you can't get rid of that may have adverse side effects as a condition of your employment. Now, I'm the first to argue if they say if you're in a job and they say you need to wear a hard hat or safety glasses or protective equipment or steel toe boots because of the type of job and that's kind of our safety... Okay, I don't have much of a problem with that. No. But when they come and tell you, you have to take an a unproven, experimental, and I don't care if it, even if it's got an FDA approval or not. Yeah, don't, let's not. It, it's, it, it's like they were telling you, oh, you got to take the flu shot every year. No, stop. That's something that goes into my body that I can't get rid of, number one, that, two, does things inside my body that may or may not be beneficial for me. Right. And number three, if I have an adverse reaction, I have no recourse to sue you because you demanded me to do it and threatened my job for not doing it. In some states, California being one, there are some companies that are taking that vaccine mandate and saying, not just you as an employee, but if everybody in your household doesn't get the vaccine, you're fired. That's where we're heading to. That's, we're all but there. And, and the fact is that if you think about it, if you really wanted to fix this problem, uh, at least in the short term, as you say, okay, you can mandate that, but you can't have exemptions. So if somebody gets injured... You can be sued as the employer that required the taking of this. Of this, unless of course they pass this that basically says. Well, that's that, what I'm saying. That they get an immunity. That's why I'm saying. Yep. Uh, that's kind of the position you can take. Uh, you know, if uh, fighting this kind of a bill, because uh, let's face it, House Bill was it 435. Yes. This is the one that the, they're supposedly grants you immunity. With one hand, right, and takes and then takes it away with the other. That's right. Now the other one was what two forty eight. 
Yeah, two, House Bill 248 is the bill that basically says no employer can require you to show papers, right. uh, reveal your personal health information, or anything else as a condition of employment. And neither could a school require a kid to take a jab in the arm in order to, you know, to attend. stay, stay yeah. in the dorms, attend classes, whatever it might be. Um, of course, the business community and the universities are screaming bloody murder about this. They don't want that. Well, of course they, they, they don't. They, they want, want to be in control. They want that control. Um the speaker basically shut down. We, when we started asking questions of a lot of the members, they started asking questions in the caucus about the bill. And all of a sudden, they realized, oh, we can't, oh, we can't reveal what we're actually doing here, so we've got to shut it down. And so the speaker came out with a memo. Oh, we can't reach consensus, so we're, no, we're not going to do any more on these issues. We're going to move on to other things. Well, then the chairman of the House Health Committee, in a move to cover his own backside because he was getting picketed at his house in his district. As he should because have Because yeah. supposedly as a big supporter of 248, he turned around, allowed the hearings to be held in his committee on 435, and co-sponsored 435 when it came out of committee. So is he in favor of medical freedom or is he in favor of business mandates? Well, we know where he's at. He's in favor of business mandates. He was getting picketed by protesters in his district all over the place at his house. Well, in order to give him relief, all of a sudden, after the speaker puts out this memo that we're not going to do anything else about it, he sends out a memo that we're going to have committee next week and we're putting 248 back up and we're going to vote it. Oh, within four hours, there was another memo from the speaker directing him to cancel the committee. Okay, Chuck, as I mentioned to you, and I've been around the, the shop for 25 years, that is never how a speaker gets a committee chair to cancel a committee. They have a policy staff that's from the speaker's office who covers each of the committees. And usually if they need you to pull a bill or wait on a committee or wait on a vote, because there have been many times where a bill's marked for a vote and then all of a sudden it doesn't get a vote that day. And that's because the speaker's office, the policy person comes down to the speaker's, to the chairman's office of the committee and says, speaker would rather you hold off on a vote today. Or speaker would rather you wait a couple more weeks before you bring that bill up or speaker would rather you just cancel committee because we got some other things going on, or we're not sure how we want to place certain pieces that are in your committee. And that's usually how it works. No, 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 not this time. This time a letter was sent from the speaker on his letterhead personally to lips publicized by the speaker and publicized by lips demand for yeah. you know, demanding that he, cancel committee directing him to do it ordering him ordering him to do it yeah that's never how that works all that was was theater to try to get the heat off of the chairman back home in the district for flip-flopping while still moving forward with trying to figure out how they could jole enough republican votes in order to get this business written now the sponsor of house bill 435 revealed during testimony because he got asked by democrats who don't like the bill either who, who was in the room when this bill was written? It's the Ohio Chamber of Commerce, the Ohio Business Roundtable, the Columbus Partnership, Nationwide Children's Hospital, and the Ohio Hospital Association. They were the only people in the rooms writing House Bill 435. They wrote House Bill 435. They wrote it for themselves. But first, so that A, they could actually say that now Ohio has allowed mandates, which we haven't. There is no statute that allows a business to mandate you take something into your body, and they can be sued for it. And number two... To, they wanted to extend immunity so that they couldn't be sued once they did it. Well, they didn't get either one of those yet. 
which is the reason why I think this is a, that's a this whole thing about shutting it down is a feint. They're going to wrap it into another bill that's and coming that's through, right. and then it's going to try to pass it in the dead of night. The chairman of the committee isn't held harmless either because he frankly was a two he he did two, did a waffle he did a flip flop and he did, he deserves to get blasted. Um, frankly, it's an absolute nonsense show at the state house these days you yeah. have a speaker who's being led by the business uh, lobby you have members who act like they didn't vote for the speaker and they can't do anything about him because well they want to keep getting the checks from the business community to run their re-election campaigns while we're in a year that we're changing up the district boundaries because of redistricting requirements it's three. It's, a, it's, it's perfect. It's a it's a three footed stool of perfect yeah. insanity, and the only people sitting there on the stool with the dunce cap on are you and me. If we buy into, it. well, look, it's three card money. Yeah, where's the queen? The guy stands there and shuffles the card. You're sure you know where the queen is? You pick that card. What do you know? It's not the queen. Too bad he's got your money. It's not. It is about money. But it's about somebody else's money who is basic are basically buying legislation, mm-hmm. flat out. You know, the left always talks about we've got to get money out of out of politics. Yep, you can't get money out of politics because what happens is, um, you end up with the stuff we've got now. Yes, you've got people who are essentially exempted. Yes. By by virtue of being nonprofit or blah de blah de blah blah. Whatever it might Meanwhile, be. Meanwhile, if I want it, my company wants to put uh, uh, money into the thing, I've got to jump through uh, 50 feet of f- hoops of flaming buffalo dung. Red to, tape, yeah. Yeah, to, to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Do. Meanwhile, the Chamber of Commerce and the Business Roundtable and the Hospital Associate, I mean, those are all doing things for the good. Uh, after all, the, the Chamber of Commerce is all about about business no it's about big business it's about insurance companies it's about uh big manufacturers right uh who have become more and more and more liberal people think that's a conservative group it is not the chamber of commerce has not been a conservative group for decades listen if you if you didn't if you doubted it at all recently the house republican caucus in dc who's probably one of the biggest pro-business caucuses ever had to bar the Chamber of Commerce reps from their strategy phone calls because the Chamber of Commerce is going over and endorsing leftist Democrats to run in these seats because they're not regulating the little guys hard enough. Well, it's beyond that. They want to get rid of anybody who was behind Trump because because Trump wasn't a globalist and anybody who was behind him wasn't a globalist. He was a populist. He was a populist. And the the new president of the Ohio Chamber of Commerce has already said that their PAC is going to spend big money to get rid of the populist incumbents in Columbus. That's right. The populist, that means the ones who introduce bills like House Bill 248 or who blocks blocks bills like 435 those are you're listening too much to the people you need to listen to the guys who are paying your salary that's right the people don't know writing your big checks for your campaigns those are who you're supposed to listen to according to the big boys now problem is the big boys aren't the ones who actually elect those members they pay them lots of money so they can turn around and hand it to big media and big television in order to run their ads, thinking that's what's getting them in office. It's not. 
What's getting them in office is actually having to connect to the people in your district who say, this guy's looking out for me. I'm going to go support him and, yes. and, and vote for him. The problem is people get the idea that someone is supporting them when they're not. Well, and, and case in point with this theater, exactly. with the chairman of the health committee who lives down in Warren County, and the speaker coordinating this little song and dance in order to put basically create a cover story for the chairman to get away from the pressure that he legitimately should be under. Barry, you and I both know the people who are ostensibly Christian and conservative who are supporting these guys. Oh, yes. Right up until the time it's sort of like, I, I just didn't see it. Well, how could you not see? Well, if you would, okay, if you would open your eyes and open your ears, because we've been sitting there telling you this for years. Right. You and I, I, I you and I would both be living uh, rent free on the Riviera if we had a dime <laughs> for every time somebody said, "I should have listened to you," or "I didn't," I just couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. Yeah. That, I mean, how, uh, we all—it's the same people every time, and we keep telling them. Or are you going to, you know, they'll bring you a petition to sign up for to uh, support someone for president to get on the ballot. And I'm like, I'm not signing that thing. Don't bring me any petitions. I'm not signing them. No yeah. more. No more petitions for these for these rhinos. Right. Um, who was the one? Oh, somebody brought me. Uh, this is years ago. So, will you sign a petition to help get Sam Brown back on the. Um, I know who's. I know who brought that. Yeah, to you too. and I'm like, no, I will not. And good for you because he turned out to be a complete waste of that, space. These there. guys all do, but why? Because they get a rep as a uh, as a conservative. Because there's a group there. There is a a movement out there called Conservative Inc. Yes, there is. And the, I hate to tell you this, but Conservative Inc. isn't conservative. They're rhinos. Right. They're basically right. Well, they started out conservative they did but then they bought into too many of the well they can't do this because or it's it we need to get more people in the supreme court or we need to do this that it was always the it's not my responsibility it's something else that i got to get you to chase and that's the reason why i can't be as conservative as i've told you i want to be exactly it's a well you know there are other considerations you don't you don't understand yeah you don't understand yeah but anytime they tell you you don't understand or you're not i had this happen to me the other day on the 435 thing i had a member look at me well you don't know what goes on in caucus i looked at him i said i've been here 25 years i could script you almost verbatim everything that's been said in your caucus over this issue i said don't give me that i don't know what's going on in caucus i know exactly what's going on in caucus nobody's got a backbone and everybody's wanting to kiss up to the chamber of commerce to get their campaign money and and he just looked at me like, yeah. He, and I'm like, did I script it close enough for you, buddy? Oh, and he just and he was a guy who was on the he was trying to convince us of why it was so hard for him to figure out which way to vote on this issue. And I'm like, you're either with us or you're not. Period. Yeah, yeah. We understand the the Chamber of Commerce can give you more money than than we can. Right. Absolutely. We get always, that. Always. We'll never out. We'll never outspend them. We have to outthink them. That's it. And that's what we ended up doing by getting a handful of them who don't care about the chamber to basically go into that caucus and say, no, 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 we want you to read verbatim every change in the bill. Oops. Yeah. In, in public. Little problem, right? Right amongst all the caucus members. Yeah. Not give us a summary, not give us a checklist of bullet points about what it's supposed to do and not give us some analysis that's 52 pages long that we don't have time to read. Yeah. Read out the exact language that's in the changes in the sub bill, period. How many times have we been dealing with conservatives who think they know what they're doing and we'll go to them and say, okay, here's the language. Yeah, what's wrong with that? 
You can't see what that means? Do right. you know what these words mean? The right. words mean things. Well, and that was my argument with a couple of them who were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If it says that, it means this. But if it says this, that's where you're going to. Oh. I didn't know. I said every word means something particular in those bills. You cannot just gloss over it and say, oh, oh, yeah, okay, well, they're, they're generally covering my concern. No, they're not. Trust me. If you issued a concern and they've responded to it, but you didn't write it, they're writing it so that they can get out from under your concern and make you look like they're, That's they're, right. they're responding to you. That's why it's three-card money. You think you're getting one thing and you're getting something entirely different. Or two or three things. Because you've been different. lied to and told that that language means exactly what you what you, it doesn't say. It do, Well, and the vast majority of the members who are down there are not attorneys, okay? They don't have any background in uh, reading and parsing these bills. They've got, right now, we're in October, 10 months into this session, Chuck. We have 450 bills that have been introduced in the House alone. Yeah. And an initial 250 that have been introduced in the Senate. That's 700 pieces of legislation. I could sit there and start reading. It'd take me another 10 months just to read through those. That's why you have to have a staff, and that's why you have to have a staff that understands what you want. Well, vast majority of them have staffs who are busy trying to cozy up to the lobbying community so they can take the next step over so they can become lobbyists. That's, and that is the ugly cycle. I, I now, mean, you, Chuck, when I was working on staff in the legislature, I got offered not once, not twice, but three different times to leave to come over to lobby for some big group. None of which I was interested in lobbying for because, frankly, I'm like, I knew the one group, they would take people out to strip clubs for little for having meetings. Oh, sure, of And course. it's like, I'm not doing that. First of all, I'm a married man. Second, I'm a Christian, and those should have been reversed, but I'm still looking at my wife first. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I can't come and lobby for you because I can't do what you want me to do. I can't take members out to the strip club. You know, ain't happening here. Uh, a couple of the other ones, just because it's like, I want to do something that actually means something, not something that just because somebody's making money off of it. That's the reason why I did what I did, and I opened my own lobbying yeah. firm, and I'm lobbying for, like, you know, I'm not saying Little Sisters of the Poor, but I'm lobbying for, it's for, pretty, for I'm lobbying for groups that can't match a tenth of what the, the Chamber right. of Commerce is going to throw out to campaigns. And look how lucrative it's been for you. How, how, I, how you, old is your youngest car? Uh, yeah, well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> let's just put it this way. God, God provides when you have That's a right. need. Okay? It, I've never had... I've never wanted... I, I may have been inconvenienced a couple, three times yeah. with breakdowns, but I've never wanted. And, you know, God's been faithful to us. Um, and the way I look at it is we're faithful to him. If we're, he's faithful to us. Think about it. Well, this brings up a point that you and I were talking about at lunch. And that is that does the, over, or does the other side look like they have overwhelming strength? Sure they do. Of course they do. And Goliath looked overwhelming to uh, everybody but David. But David, yep. who, who understood he had God on his side. Now, here's the problem. people ha A lot of people, including conservatives and good Christian people, have gotten into this idea that the power lies with the people. Mm-hmm. No. The power lies with God. That's true. Um, we're, we're never going to get enough people to match the money of these big box of boys. Of these big box boys. Yeah. That's just, it's not possible. I mean, all, all you have to do is take a look at the fact that the last Speaker of the House that we had, 
is awaiting trial, and now it looks like he's not going to be tried until, what, next year sometime. I mean, that'll be, what, two years after he was first arrested? Yeah. Um, but a lot of these people that he got arrested with were some of the big box boys. Uh, what were they doing? Oh, there was all kinds of money floating around. Bribe money, uh, misuse of funds, campaign funds, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't just... Wasn't just householder; it was a whole oh, no, there were an bunch awful of people. Yep. There were people uh, basically treating these as slush funds. Yep. Okay. Did anybody think? I, I personally uh, ha- thought all along that maybe these guys might skate, and they may yet. Although well, two, some, uh, two of them already went to prison. Two of them already went to the jug. Two of them are still out because they're still investigating, but they're going to come up with nothing on both of them. One of them's Larry Householder. And the fifth member of the uh, of the group um, went down to Naples, Florida in the spring, put a gun to his head, and pulled the trigger. There you go. While wearing a Mike DeWine for Governor t-shirt. <laughs> sending a big message. I, I shouldn't laugh. Folks, sending a big message. Read between the lines. That's right. I shouldn't laugh, but it's ironic. And I have, I, I have a tendency to laugh at things that are ironic. I have a very ironic sense of humor. Um Although a man is dead and and yeah, it, should not be. Yeah, um, it's not funny, but yeah, but uh, it's ironic. But Neil Clark basically sent a very clear message with his choice of attire because he's not a guy you saw walking around in t-shirts. No, okay? you had many run-ins with Neil Clark. Oh, I called him the Prince of Darkness. He yeah. used to lobby for the strip clubs, strip for clubs. the gay gray rights groups, whoever yeah. would pay a big chunk of change to him to lobby for him. Yeah, he was he was what you call an access lobbyist. Yeah. And he was actually one of the biggest powers on Capitol Square. Didn't do him a whole lot of good. Nope. He still he still put a gun in his mouth. Still put a gun in his mouth, yeah. Well, th- that being said, remember that God is in control, and we need to acknowledge him as the power behind all things that happen. That's right. Does God want us to uh, look the other way while the state basically sells us out to our employers? Now, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have that problem because I own a company. Uh, and we're under 100 employees. By the way, uh, just so you know, folks, everybody keeps talking about this federal mandate. There isn't one. There is no such thing. There is no such creature. No federal mandate has been issued. There was a press release put out. That is not a presidential order. That is simply a trial balloon to see where it was going to go. And so far, not enough of you have squawked. But enough of you have squawked to keep them from putting it in writing just yet. So... uh, and they know that there's an election coming up next year, in which case the Democrats will probably lose the House and probably, oh, very likely lose the Senate, which basically puts uh, uh, President Biden, resident Biden, in the same place that uh, Bill Clinton was. Yeah. Um, which is lame duck. Even if he gets reelected and both houses are in the other, are the, in the other corner, uh, you know, like Republicans were for about 40-some years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, because the Republicans didn't have anything but one house right up until the uh, 80s or 90s. Right. 90s. Yeah, I forget 90s. What, yeah, that's right, under Newt Gingrich. Uh, they yep. took the, but that being said, God is in control. We need to acknowledge and to look to him to give us the solutions. I'm not saying pray about it and do nothing. I'm saying there, there's an old saying that some of my old conservative friends used to say, Robert Owens will know where this comes from, uh, you uh, pray like it's up to God and work like it's up to you. Mm-hmm. 
But the fact is that we're into this idea that, ah, we don't need God. God he's up, you know, it's the old Russian saying, uh, uh, God is in his heaven and the czar is far away. Um, the, that was the, uh, um, you know, the peasants knew yeah. that, that basically as long as they shut up and paid their taxes that everything would be fine, unless they were Jewish, in which case it's all bets were off, um, especially in uh, um, western Russia and the Ukraine and, and, and around there with the Kulaks, or no, the, the uh, uh, Cossacks. Uh, yep with the pogroms and that kind of thing. Uh, but that being said, we have forgotten that we all need to work like it's up to us and pray like it's up to God and give God the glory for the, for these things when we win them. Amen. And everybody has forgotten that. Now that may sound, Oh, poo poo, you know, pie in the sky. It's not, it's not because does the power reside with the people? Yes, but what do you do when the people are so co-opted, so believe that oh, oh, the, the, this party or that party would never sell us out? They will always sell you out. Always. Unless, you know, you do what Everett Dirksen's, remember uh, Everett Dirksen's famous saying about items like... Uh, giving you a, a, yeah, yeah. Uh, an exemption in one hand yep, and taking yep. away in the other. What did he say? A billion here, a billion there. Pretty soon you're talking about real, real money. money. Real That's, money. Now, he also said, when we feel the heat, oh, yes. we see, see the, the light. light. That's right. What does that mean? When you apply enough pressure, they'll vote for it. Yep. And That's true. Believe me, you should be contacting your state rep and saying, I want 248. I want House Bill 248. Absolutely. Absolutely. And keep calling. And no matter what they tell you, just keep coming back at them. Yeah. Because until they realize that they're going to run into an absolute collapse come, say, May of next year when the primaries hit, they have to get this done before they even they, they go on the campaign trail. Or you'll go find somebody else to sign up to run for their seat who, who will support your rights. Uh, that's what it's going to have to be. Now, now, again, with this whole mess with 435, one of the things that we started asking questions about earnestly to people was there's nothing in the bill that protects them they you have to sign a document that you have to give to your employer whether you take a religious medical or conscience rights exemption there's nothing that prevents them from creating a database out of that of people who are refusing to take vaccines and what do you do with and there's nothing to keep them from using that against you right oh well no no that won't happen i'm going to read you something i just saw that just published Right before we started this radio program, over on Fox News. Headline, Oregon releases the names and vaccination status of 40,000 individual employees by mistake. No, they Executive didn't. branch employee reportedly emailed wrong spreadsheet of private medical information to newspapers. This is the state government messing up and sending info out on people's private health information. Which, HIPAA. It's HIPAA. Your employer is now saying that if they're requiring you to mandate you to take the vaccine, they're getting they're wanting you to waive your HIPAA rights in order to do it because if you have to sign a waiver or you even take it, they're keeping a record of all that. They can't do that. They're not a medical professional. And I don't care if they have a doctor on site, on staff in the building, they still can't do it. Right. Because it's not your care it's not your care provider. They're creating records on you that are illegal for them to have. So what happens, 
when somebody oops at the at corporate and sends out your information all say maybe to let's say you decide to leave that position and you're going to another company and you are going and you're get you're doing your job interview and of course they're checking and calling back against your references and calling back against your previous employment usually Chuck, if somebody, if you went to work, go to work for somebody else or you interview for somebody else and they had your resume and they saw your previous employer, they could contact your previous employer, but the only thing your employer could give them was, yeah, they worked here for so long, Name they were in this position number. and yeah. they made this much, and, yeah. and sometimes they made this much. What happens now if you get somebody in HR? Oh, well, just another thing in the note here, they refuse to take a vaccination. And you don't get the job because of that. See a problem there? I see major problems all up. First of all, the state is lying. They released them on purpose. Of course not. They re- of course they released them on purpose because it's it's saying mistake in air quotes because nobody is buying the fact that they did not uh, do that. And of course, that's a thing to now that those names are out there. Oh, you're not vaccinated. It's to put pressure on the ones who refuse to get vaccinated by everybody else. Well, do you remember when the big controversy was? If people ask you if you're vaccinated, you can say it's none of your business. Uh, be, uh, th- because of HIPAA. And then all of a sudden, the big opinion came out, well, HIPAA only counts for, uh, you know, uh, employers and blah. all these people. If they ask you, you don't have to tell. But uh, if someone is, a, is an, in authority, you have to tell them. And I'm like, no, you don't. That's not what HIPAA says. HIPAA says that that is private information yes. that you don't have to disclose. That's right. Absolutely don't. Uh, you have a right to medical privacy. You also have a right to medical autonomy, which means even if you go to a doctor and they're diagnosing you with something there, well, we want to put you on this, this, and this, you can say, no, I don't want to be on that. And believe me, I've done that many times. Oh, I've times. done that a number of times, too. Or I don't want to take that shot. Or no, I don't want that test run. You have the right to refuse those things, even from your care provider or from an emergency room doc. But now your employer is saying, no, you don't have any right unless you give up your medical information and your medical autonomy, I can tell you to stick a, a, a needle in your arm and take a, a substance that you can never get rid of in your body, and we don't have any data on how much of an effect it's going to have on you in the future, whether it's going to hurt your reproductive system, your cardiovascular system, all of which we're seeing already. Yes. Um, you're going to hurt your, your circulatory system. Your it's reproductive. It's going to hurt your, your, your brain functions. Your reproductive system. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we hit on that already because, gee, when they were first starting the vaccines with the J, and J, there's this big thing about not having intercourse for like six days after taking the shot because of possible birth defects. Oh, now, well, it's longer than that. Well, believe me. Yeah, but the point is, they okay, they're lowballing it. But the point is, if you take a shot that for six days, first of all, is that fast getting through your system and into, yeah. into your reproductive fluids? that it could end up creating a, an environment where egg and sperm meet and things go bad, chromosomal issues. People should have stopped right then and said, wait a minute. Why don't we, why don't yeah. we wait three or four more years while you do yeah. some more testing and figure it out? Exactly what what kind of a pig and a poke we're buying? Here. Yeah, one one of the vaccinations I can't remember which one had a uh, a eighty uh, percent first trimester uh, spontaneous abortion rate. Well, it doesn't matter which one. If yeah. any of them had that, they should all That's have right. been shut down. Well, it's all due to spike protein. 
Well, yeah, absolutely. It's all due to the spike protein, which, oh, by the way, is uh, completely harmless. And, uh, um, in fact, several of the vaccine manufacturers are still saying uh, we're, you're producing a harmless spike protein. They're not harmless. They're they, toxic as anything. Yes, they are. Absolutely. Well, that's the same as Mike DeWine and others basically saying, well, if you get the shot, you won't be able to catch it again or spread it. It's It was a lie out front. An absolute and lie. In fact, basically, it's now shown. NIH just released a paper that basically said it's easier to get it. The, the gist of it was, they don't say this, but the gist was it's easier to get it after you've been vaccinated than before. Right. And you will get it as bad. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or, or worse sometimes. Yeah, or worse. Well, that being said, you know what we think. We want to know what you think. www.principledpolicy.com. That's principledpolicy.com. And join us again next week for another Principles and Policies.